This week's podcast brought to you by My Medical Condition. Like me, our 10-year-old son uh, loves thinly sliced lunch meats. Ham, turkey, salami, can't slice it thin enough. And you came home from the grocery recently and with, he tore it. With thinly sliced lunch meats. With thinly sliced lunch meats. So thinly sliced that he pulled the, the ham out of the little Ziploc deli package, held it up to the lights and said, Ooh, see-through meats. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I think this is going to be the hottest ball and chain on record. The hottest, based uh, on the outside temperatures or the content of the podcast. Well, inside, in basement, it's it's fifty-seven degrees as ever. But outside, it I don't know what it is right now as we record this, but it, the high today is ninety-four. It'll probably be higher than that. Nice, comfortable 94 at the end of July. Right. Or whenever you're listening to this. Right. <laughs> end of July as we record it. So I think that makes the hottest... Uh, the hottest ball and chain. Well, there you go. We'll have to ask your brother, John, if he thinks this would supplant um, the interview episode with Sam Farmer as the hottest ball and chain. Well, last week we showed our vacation slides. This week we're talking about the weather. <laughs> it can only. I think small talk has uh, reached its apotheosis, which was yesterday's vocabulary word, was it not? It's, yes. Somehow I'm on an email list where um, I got a word of the day, although I don't get one every day. It was a random word of the day. So uh, yes, but it was apotheosis was the word. Do you use that to boost your vocabulary? You get a word a day, like a word no, of the day dictionary? No, I, I didn't. I never subscribed to it. And actually, when that came in yesterday, I was a little bit baffled because I don't remember ever getting one before. So maybe you signed me up to get uh, a word of the day to boost my vocabulary. Well, I am a human word of the day calendar, am I not? Um, yeah, I suppose. Except that it's, I and wish you were more like an advent or a uh, calendar where I could open the little thing every day and get a piece of chocolate in the <laughs> behind. But uh, anyway, let's start over. <laughs> no, we're not starting over. <laughs> we're plowing ahead. And don't you dare take this out, Denny. <laughs> uh, I was thinking today, I th- we may have mentioned this on a, previous podcast because it was the song that was a big hit when I was born, uh, Hot Town, Summer in the City by the Love and Spoonful. Mm-hmm. You know, John Sebastian. I, who, yeah, I know that song. Welcome back, Cotter, and we probably have talked about this. What what's, what song do you think of like uh, as the hottest, not, not hot in the cool sense, but hot in the physically stifling sense? Do you th- is anything come to mind? A for, song? No, not really. For me, it's it's uh, maybe because I was in high school when it came out. Billy Idol's "Hot in the City." You remember that song? I think so. It, there's a break at the end where he shouts out in the in the standard version. He shouts out "New York." Do you remember that? Yes, yes. But growing up in Minnesota, we had the local cut where he shout. He must have shouted out 200 cities. He shouted out. Twin Cities, and oh, in really? some versions even Minneapolis. Yeah, depending what station you were listening to, and I think he did stuff like Fresno and um, you know smaller towns than that. 
I want the song Hot Time, Summer in the Country. I grew up in the country, not not nearly the city. So, um, Well, there's that song, In the Summertime, Mungo, Jerry, and whatever. In the summer, in the summer. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but maybe don't Danny could put in a little bits of it. Well, anyway. Everyone's um, When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Billy Idol, by the way, 63 years old. I don't know if he's still rocking the leather trow and the suspenders and the no shirt and the white hair, but he is appearing here in Connecticut in a couple of days at the Mohegan Sun. Just think about it. He no longer has to probably dye the hair white. It just comes in that way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the hair that he had dyed white as a young man was old man white, if that's what, well, the, if that's what the Benjamin Moore hair dye just for men color is called. <laughs> the Billy Idol white or yeah, the sort old of the man platinum, white? Uh, more, of a, more of a platinum I have to say, as I sit here looking at you, it's the first time today that I've noticed that you're wearing the same shirt you had on yesterday. <laughs> and that shirt is? It's a no-brainered. State of Minnesota outline. Yes. A star where the city of Brainerd is yeah. in northern Minnesota. And the shirt says, it's a no-brainered. Can you do me a favor? Because yesterday, one of our daughter's eight-year-old friends asked you what your shirt meant. And that same eight-year-old friend is coming over later today. Can you change your shirt? Because she'll... Of course, remember that you were wearing it yesterday, and I don't want that to be the a lasting impression on our eight-year-old, the, the, the friend. How would she know, and more to the point, how would you know that I don't have two green shirts that say it's a no-brainer on them? She doesn't know that, nor do I, although I did a bunch of laundry yesterday, so we could all just pretend that... I washed it last night, and you chose to put it back on this morning. Well, Not I- that you wore it yesterday. I'm guessing, slept in it? Did you sleep in it, or did you take it off and then put it back on this morning? No, I absolutely slept in it. <laughs> There's And yesterday was almost as hot as today's going to be. None of that is well, which, upsetting to you. Which, which brings me to another <laughs> hot song, another song of heat, which is Springsteen's <laughs> At Night I Wake Up With the Sheets Soaking Wet. Ah, and a freight train running through the middle of my head. I had, I had and only you. Yeah. At night I wake up, at night you wake up with my shirt soaking wet. Right. I mean, really, I, I, I have seen you quite a bit already this morning, but it's, it wasn't until just now sitting here recording this podcast that, I, that it you, struck me that you, I mean, come on. You, you, you do you, un- I would say you're better than that, but I know that you're not. But can you be just you, a little bit more conscientious than that? You do, you do understand that this is a podcast and people can't see us. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a and picture. They, they would have no idea, even if I were, even if this were on video, they wouldn't have no knowledge of what I wore yesterday. I know, but it's it's something we've talked about in the past. And, you know, I was good last week. I think I posted three pictures related to the podcast to our Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. So I'm going to, before we go upstairs, I'm going to take a picture of, of you in the shirt, and uh, I will post that on our uh, on our Instagram account as well. Can I mention one more hot song? <laughs> yes, please. The song Feeling Hot, Hot, Hot. You remember that song? Oh, of course. That's... um. Poindexter. Buster Poindexter Buster had Poindexter. his hit single with it, but it's it actually first charted by the by a guy, a Montserratian musician. Where, where where would he be from? Montserrat. Where's Montserrat? In the Caribbean, in okay. the West Indies. Okay. It's a British territory. Okay. And uh, evidently, its demonym is Montserratian. 
It's demonym. Yeah, that, that, that's your vocabulary word of the day. You are my word of the day. Now I'm going to shut that little <laughs> thing on the calendar and <laughs> we're going to move on. Is that okay? Do you want you you want to you you, you want to move on from uh, only hot if songs? You, only if you don't have any more hot songs too. <laughs> if I think of any later, may I bring them up? Yes, of course. Okay. Speaking of hot, you're back from the desert. I th- I knew there was a reason that we brought up all this heat. I, I, perhaps I don't know, but I am back from the desert. I was in Vegas for a couple days. How hot was it, by the way? In, in Las Vegas, you often don't know. It was a hundred and something. But yeah, you were never I did outside. go out outside of the uh, hotel slash casino a couple of times, and it was very, very hot. Would you say it was hot, hot, hot? Um, I would say it was hot time summer in the city for sure. Um, I did not wake up with a freight freight train running through my head. But anyway, my trip out there was full of interesting individuals. And I'm going to share some of the the (laughs) things that happened. So the only part of my trip that was kind of quiet and boring was my my flight from Hartford to Detroit. Really nothing happened. Although on that flight, they they served us food. It was breakfast. And I thought it was interesting. I got a real fork, like a metal fork, a plastic knife, which kind of makes sense, but a plastic spoon. Why would why would they feel like the metal spoon could be used in some way that it shouldn't? I thought that was interesting. But anyway, n- no conversation with a seatmate, nothing happened. And then when I got on the plane in Detroit to go to Vegas, the guy sat down next to me and he was very chatty from the get-go. And Which you love. Which I love. And it started with this gambit. He said, are you going to Vegas to gamble? And I said, no, I'm actually going for the WNBA All-Star Game, which he followed up with, I don't really follow basketball, men's or women's, but I did play cards with Michael Jordan once. So, of course, that piqued my interest a little bit, and which made me just look at him. I don't think I asked him to go on. Um, but he said how he was sitting playing cards in Vegas with Jordan, and uh, this was years ago. And he said, you know, we, we got we got talking because we had some things in common. He was talking about how he owns a plane and I was talking about how I own a helicopter. <laughs> and anyway, and then he kept talking. And, and in the course of this conversation, well, first before in the course of the conversation, he asked me if I had mar- if I was married with children. How much time elapsed before he had mentioned that he owned a helicopter? Um three and a half minutes from the time he sat down, maybe three and a half minutes. And then how many more seconds before he asked if you were married? No. So it was 15 minutes later, he asked if I was married or if I had children. You were wearing headphones and an eye shade at the time, right? (laughs) But 10 minutes before that, before he asked me if I had had, um, a husband and children, he did say to me, would you like to go to dinner tonight? I don't have any dinner plans. And I just said, uh, well, actually, you know, I do. I've got work commitments, whatever. But yeah, so 10 minutes after he invited me to dinner, he asked me if I was married. I have work um, commitments children. and scruples. <laughs> and and I'm going to have to say, through all of this, um, and, and it, I found it very funny, he was a really nice guy in, as we're chatting, as he's chatting. Um, but he also, in, within the course of conversation, mentioned that he had lost millions of dollars playing, is it Baccarat? Is that how you yes. pronounce that? You can play Baccarat in Montserrat. <laughs> so he had lost millions of dollars playing Baccarat. He said, I lost, I've lost millions of dollars playing cards. And I said, poker, no, Baccarat. And that, you know, he, he was going down there because he invests in um, in different 
things. Uh, and he was the, his most recent venture was he was investing in a restaurant that was uh, being built in Vegas. But anyway, but prior to this investment, he'd made a lot of money in investing in fracking <laughs> and that the one company still owes him like $1.7 million. Um, but it was a good investment because he has made a lot more than that um, in fracking. So anyway, I was just sitting there. I was texting you throughout the course of this conversation and our back and forth was keeping me um, pretty entertained. I think I, when I told you that he had made a lot of money in fracking, I think your response was he sounds like a perfect cartoon villain. Um, but anyway, so that was What my was your th- answer to the question, are you married? <laughs> um, I think it was um, just legally or something like that. No, I said yes, and I've got four kids, and <laughs> um, so that was my trip out there. Now my return trip when I'm coming from Vegas. Does this guy look like Boss Detroit. Hog? I'm picturing Boss Hog. No, he he wasn't. He he didn't look like Boss Hog. I'd say he was about sixty or sixty-one years old, just a normal-looking dude. Anyway, so I'm coming back, and it's a red-eye flight, Vegas to back through Detroit again, and um, I guess on my way out it was Minneapolis. Yeah, it was. It was Minneapolis on my way out. So anyway, I'm, go- I'm coming back and I get on the plane and um, I'm one of the last people on the plane because I got to the airport later than I wanted to. And I, I look down or I'm about to get in my window seat and the guy on the aisle said, um, would you like to switch seats with me and I'll be on the aisle? And I said, um, no, would you do me a favor and switch seats with me? Would no. you like to? Would like you like to? doing a favor for you? Exactly. I always love that. Exactly. And I said to him, I said, uh, no, thank you. I, I really prefer the window for red-eye flights. So as soon as I sit down, he said to me, he pointed across the aisle and said, um, he said, because that's my son on the other side, which in many circumstances, I would have immediately said, of course, you should be sitting next to your son. But in this circumstance, the man that was talking to me was at least 80 and his son was at least 60 something <laughs> and they were separated by an aisle so i when he said to me because that's my son i just looked at him and nodded and smiled put my hoodie up my hood up on my hoodie and leaned the other way but really like you can use that line if, if it's a little kid even if it's a teenager but you can't use that line if you're 80 something and he's 60 something am i right here <laughs> was the son Wearing a little little plastic Delta wings. <laughs> How great would that have been if his son, yeah. Son, do you want to visit the cockpit? <laughs> I wonder if he, maybe they had already done that. Because I was late getting on the plane. Maybe when they first got on, the 80-year-old said to the pilot, you know, my son, would. this is his first time flying. He'd really like to see the cockpit. And you looked over, um, he was playing Candy Crush on an iPad. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so then the final part when I'm going from now it's early, early morning, when I'm going from Detroit back to Hartford. I have to say, if I may just interject, that is kind of <laughs> sweet though, you know? It is sweet. You are always your parent's child and you're always your child's parent. Right, right. I'll have to say like the, the guy, the, the son had done nothing to indicate that he wanted to switch seats. He was just sitting there. In fact, was probably quite grateful. Yeah, probably. So then my, the, my last flight, which is now an early morning flight from Detroit back to Hartford, I sit down. The guy sits next to me and um, he pulls out a, like a, a Ziploc bag, a sandwich size Ziploc bag, and it is full of medicine. 
And some of it looks prescription, uh, like it's prescription medicine, medicine, and some of it is clearly something he's bought at like an herbal, you know, natural remedy thing. So I Herbal see outfitters? Yeah. So he pops a couple pills, and then he drinks like at almost the size of a, a hotel shampoo container thing of I don't know what. That one looked like it was from a, um, a natural food store. Possibly just, hotel shampoo. Yeah, possibly. I just see him like knocking all this stuff back thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, how much of this is necessary? How much of this is because this guy is having some anxiety about flying? I don't know. I certainly wasn't going to ask. But um, out of the four legs of this flight or of this trip, only that one, the first one from Hartford to Minneapolis was what I would consider relatively normal, where you sit down, you say hello to the person, and then you don't speak with them again for the rest of the flight. So that was my some of my entertaining flight stories. What has four legs, a 65-year-old son, chugs shampoo, owns a helicopter and made a fortune in fracking? <laughs> Your trip to and from Las Vegas. <laughs> there you go. And but I mean that's that's that sounds about right. It's it's uh it's Vegas, right? Oh, and in between those to and from flights, you were at the WNBA All Star weekend for thirty six hours. How was that? It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. One of the first things I did when I got there was Sue Bird has done the, something the last two years that she calls between two birds, which is a takeoff, of course, on Zach Galifianakis's between two ferns, and she interviews teammates or whatever, and it's edited in a clever way, and it's just really funny. And um, and I've always loved it. And and so she had a room set up at the All Star the day before, where she was just doing a bunch of these with some of the All-Stars, and she asked me to be a part of it, and I, I was psyched to do it. The first thing you do is you put on this full-body blue suit, because they once they edit it, they only use like your head as if it's in a bird's nest. It's like a green screen, blue screen. Yeah, thing. green screen, blue screen thing. I, I, um, I'll post it on our Instagram as well, a picture of me and Sue wearing these things. So you look like a blue man group? Yes, yes, exactly. So we did that, which was fun. Um, and then one evening, I got to spend a little time with Sue and Megan Rapino was there as well for, for all star supporting, you know, just hanging out with Sue and whatever. And just the s- small bit of time I spent with them, I can't imagine what it is like to be Megan right now, just in terms of, you know, every step that she took while whether it was in the hotel or a restaurant or wherever, it's, um, people just constantly, you know, stop trying to stop her, ask for a picture, ask for an autograph. It, it was a nonstop, just, you know, hamster wheel of requests for her. And, um, and she's pretty recognizable, of course, because she's got the tuft of, you know, purple pink hair. But I was just thinking, gosh, that's, uh, that's got to be an interesting existence um, for her right now. Only the tuft? <laughs> Well, how would you describe the it? Full head of the full head of magenta, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. It's pretty glorious color, though. But, but you, then, you, you say you can't imagine what it must be like. You don't have to imagine it. I imagine it was similar to when your uh, seventh grade team won the deanery semifinals <laughs> this year, and you walked <laughs> right. out of that gym. Yes, exactly like that. On um, a cloud. And then the the All Star game itself was amazing because we had the uh, just the unforgettable in some ways story of Erica Wheeler who. Um, was undrafted out of Rutgers when she was a junior in college. She, her mother passed away from cancer, you know, finally made it to the WNBA this year. She's a first-time all-star and then goes out and starts the game six for six from the three-point line, ends up as the MVP, and it's this really emotional interview with Holly Rowe after the game as she's getting her MVP award. 
just just amazing the the entertainment that Vegas had before the game and the introductions and everything else was just um, was great so had a blast while we were in Vegas but other than the the blue screen between two birds thing that I I was delighted to be a part of my my second favorite well there's two more favorite off the court things that happened one of them was Holly Rowe was wearing a jumpsuit for the Friday night festivities, the um, the three-point shootout and the skills competition, but it was brand new and it was too long for her. So LaChina Robinson had like, you know, she didn't have time to get it hemmed. So LaChina had gotten some of the electrical gaffers tape that our cameraman used taped up ho- the bottom of Holly's pants, you know, folded them under and taped them up like you would if you were um, hemming them, but instead of sewing them they're taped so just picture this so holly said it was going great she's out on the court moving around no problem she said but as soon as the skills competition is over and diamond the shields she has to interview diamond the shields she realizes that the tape has come undone and holly is now stuck to the floor <laughs> so <laughs> she's interviewing diamond and just thinking in her head please don't move please don't move because holly couldn't follow her because her pants were stuck to the floor so um, I had posted this video on my regular Twitter handle. I'll also post it on our, this is Holly telling the story. I'll also post this on our, <laughs> on our ball and chain Twitter, which is at ball and chain pod, just because, I mean, these kind of things happen to Holly all the time. Some, somebody, somebody else might've been out there on national television, not knowing quite what to do. Holly just is rolling with it and laughing. Holly told the story on the podcast about hitting the deck at a football field when a helicopter landed right? Oh, right. <laughs> right. during an inter- during a post game interview. Right, exactly. And then the other thing that was was delightful to me was um, a person who used to live in Connecticut no longer does. Um, we we're just talking about her and you know what was going on in her dating life now that it, now. And she said that she actually had a guy tell her that when she was living in. Connecticut. She was, quote, geographically unattractive. <laughs> geographically unattractive. Yes. I absolutely love that phrase. I just started dying. So I don't know if now that she's no longer in Connecticut, if she's dating this person. But he did tell her that, yes, when she was in Connecticut, she was geographically unattractive. And she said to him, you do realize like it's not that long of a ride from New York City up to where she was in Connecticut or the whole thing. Um, but yes, apparently it's possible in a relationship that um or you know to prevent a relationship if someone is geographically unattractive well this is a concept that is <laughs> blowing my mind right now is it it is it's interesting it, it is interesting and i just liked the phrasing of it all oh but my final and perhaps my most my most favorite story from all star will you indulge me in one more story please what's one more what's one more <laughs> So after the All-Star Game, but before I'm going to the airport, I was invited by Holly Rowe to join her and two of her friends to go out to dinner. So we went to a restaurant called Sinatra, which is in the Encore Hotel. So I, before we went, I was going to be going right from dinner to the airport. I had both of my bags. I had, and I changed into my um, red-eye attire, which was sweatpants, t-shirt, sweatshirt, sneakers. So when we, and one of the reasons we were going to this restaurant was because one of Holly's friends, this, if she's in Vegas, she wants to go to this place. It's a really good Italian restaurant. It's her favorite spot. She doesn't get there very often, so we're going to go there. So we this get, is part of your, you have a uh, weekly tradition where you have a ribeye, 
and then a red eye, right? <laughs> right. And that's why I married you. <laughs> and um, I thought you married me because I was geographically attractive. Yes. I was on the Upper West Side. So anyway, um, so we go to the restaurant and there's, you know, weren't able to get a reservation, but there's plenty of seats open in the bar. And so the woman who we were with was asking, you know, is it possible to get a table? If not, we'll easily, we'll, you know, we'd be happy to sit in the bar. And I see her, like she and the, the mater D, um, he kind of walks her to the side and is talking to her. And um, being, you know, really nice, and but I, I can sense that there's something wrong. And I realize as I look down, I bet I there won't, I bet I'm not dressed appropriately for this restaurant, even though like I can't see into the main part of the restaurant. So she comes back and I said to her, I said, is it is the problem my outfit? I said, because fortunately, unlike any other circumstance, I have my bags here. I can easily change into something that's appropriate. And in fairness, most places in Las Vegas, a tracksuit would be considered a tuxedo. <laughs> well, that that is probably true. And um, she's like, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, they're going to figure something out. And I said, no, it's not a problem. Like, I, I am happy to change. I've got my clothes right here. And, you know, they're trying to make me not feel bad. And I... I the per- people I'm with. And I said, you know, I, there's nothing about this to me that is embarrassing in any way. I'm happy to go change. So. Nobody walks into a, a nice restaurant in a gray sweatsuit and feels any self-consciousness whatsoever. That's just not in the DNA of the well, person I who does that. Well, there was a reason I was wearing this. It was for the flight. I didn't realize. Well, the, of course. And if you're, if, you're, you know? if, you're, if you're going to go swimming immediately after dinner, you would go in a swimsuit. <laughs> All right. Point taken. So anyway, so I just grabbed my bag. I said, I'm going to go change. I asked the woman who's there. I said, where's your restroom? She points it out. Of course, I have to walk through the restaurant to get to the restroom. I'm pulling this rolly bag behind me. I, I come to the, the maitre d' who's in the back of the restaurant at this point. And, and I just and I he, um, and I said to him, I'm going to ch- I said, I'm going to change. And he addressed me as Miss Lobo. And he didn't hadn't known my name yet. So he clearly was aware that WNBA All-Star was in Vegas and that there'd be basketball players, whatever. But he said to me, uh, Miss Lobo, don't worry about it. We will just say you have a medical condition, <laughs> a medical condition. And I just looked at him and I smiled and I said, no, I'm going to change it. But I went into the restroom to change and I was just laughing out loud because I was thinking, one, we'll just say you have a medical condition. Who are you going to say this to? To the people who complain. To all of the people who complain. To the people who say you are besmirching the memory right. of the chairman of the board. <laughs> Old blue eyes. And, and to which point you'll say, no, Miss Lobo just has a medical condition. That's why she's wearing and these secondly, sweats to dinner. That's That was the beauty of it. What one. medical condition is that? I, I don't know. So I don't know who. But So one, what is the one medical One that requires condition? concealing various it's, pouches and things on your person beneath a, right, a bulky right. So I change, I change into something that was very nice, very appropriate. And I come back out. I check my bags. And I come back out and I tell it to Holly and 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 the others that and the other people we were eating with, and we were just laughing so hard. I said, I said, like, what? Do I have a colostomy bag that I need to <laughs> conceal under my sweats? But um, and it, it, and the people it, it, we were with, the woman who had really wanted to go to the restaurant, was very apologetic. I said, you don't need to be apologetic. First, it was no problem at all for me to change. And second, I said, this is going to be a good story for the podcast. I will, and I will use the phrase medical condition um, a lot. At just anytime I'm dressed inappropriately, I'll just be like, well, I am, uh, I have uh, a medical but, condition. But you should have, you should have left this tracksuit on and then eavesdropped on the maitre d' stand just to hear what he whispered to the various uh, complainers, and there would have been at least a, a few at, at this I'm place. I'm sure, probably so. That's that's 
That's Rebecca Lobo, and she has medical-grade dandruff. <laughs> she has a medical condition. Well, it's the kind of thing you'd have to whisper. So anyway, I, I just now pulled up the website to, to Sinatra, and um, and under hours and attire, it, so it says that the hours, attire, business casual attire is required. For ladies, the attire is dressy and elegant. For gentlemen, collared shirts or polos are required. Shorts, sports apparel, and open shoes are not permitted. Children under five are not permitted. So women have to be dressy and elegant. Men just have to have collared shirts or polos. So anyway, there you go. I don't know if I was the only person there with a medical condition. Women must be in drawstrung pants (laughs) and wicking tops. And actually, I went, part of my outfit, I went from sneakers, which are not open toe, to my dressy, um, strappy sandals, which are open toe. Um, but somehow those were still allowed. It used to be that, I mean, this is before my time, but that you would dress for dinner in a nice restaurant and dress for air travel across the country in exactly the same way. <laughs> now, you're not dressed nicely for dinner because you will soon be boarding an airplane where everybody will be as slobby as humanly possible. And I'm saying this as a man who's wearing a it's a no-brainer t-shirt for the second day in a row. Exactly. Well, and then it ended up happening. I was running late to the airport. So when I got to the airport, the the jumpsuit that I was wearing had a like a belt. Women will understand what I'm saying. That's a belt, a belt that was kind of attached to it. And of course, the belt made me um, made the metal detector go off. So I had to get stopped for added screening. <laughs> Eventually, was able to change uh, and back into my flying clothes. Your for, medical um, condition didn't get you special screening. <laughs> it didn't at the airport. But while no, you were in Las Vegas, didn't. didn't did you not see Snoop Dogg and his hype man? Well, we we went to a concert. Liz Cambage was supposed to DJ, but there were some kind of issues with her um, DJing equipment. So as we were walking in to the party, trying to figure out where it was, um, because it was an outdoor party, that's when Sue Bird said, that sounds like Flavor Flav. And of course, that was Flavor Flav, who was uh, the hype man for the whole show. Iggy Azalea performed. That was the one that was interesting to our 14-year-old daughter. She was all excited that I was seeing Iggy Azalea. And then Snoop Dogg um, ended the night by uh, by performing. Was Flava Flav, who I know is my age, was he? Is he now wearing a grandfather clock around his neck? <laughs> I don't know. But one of the funny things the next day, so this is the night before the All-Star Game. The next day, Chinea Gumake was there, not participating in the game, but she was doing some stuff for ESPN. So we're in the makeup room together, and she gets a text alert on her phone, and she just looked at me and said, um, she said, if this doesn't tell you about my night last night, and she just shows me the phone, and she has a text that just says, Flava Flav. <laughs> Who she then went to tell me the story that he actually even he lives in Vegas, but he was telling her he's a big WNBA fan, and when he comes to LA, he wants to come to games or something. But um, but anyway, if this doesn't tell you about my night, and then you just see this text alert, Flava, who who she had put into her phone as, Flava well of course. <laughs> Did you take an Uber while you were in Las Vegas? I, I'm pretty sure the last time I was in Las Vegas four or five years ago, whenever this was now, three or four years ago for the. Mayweather-Pacquiao flight fight that they still didn't have Uber still wasn't allowed Though and you they, waited in long lines for taxis. They they do they did have Ubers. I had one Uber experience as I was trying to get from this dinner um, where I my medical condition dinner to to the airport waiting outside the hotel. You you had to request an Uber with plastic seats. 
<laughs> yes, as I use my plastic fork and knife or spoon and knife. Anyway, I see the, the car. I'm waiting for it. And um, it shows that it's there. And then all of a sudden I see it drive by me. It's the license plate is everything drives by me. So I call the guy. I said, you just drove by me. Um, I'm at the valet area of the hotel. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll drive back around. Two seconds later, I see that he has canceled the trip. So now I have to call a whole new Uber. This gets me to the airport a little later than I wanted. But the beauty was I then the next day get an email saying I was charged $5 for canceling the trip and wasting the Uber's time. But you um, didn't cancel it? No, he did. Are there, you going to fight this all the way to the top? There actually is a place where you can put in, you know, deny that. Right. Um, so anyway, that was that was my Uber experience. My, my second driver was, was very nice, but the first guy who blew me off, um, was it was not my best Uber. Well, the reason I mention it is, is um, because uh, uh, one of our frequent Uber uh, correspondence. I don't think he's ever actually corresponded with us, with us about Uber. But anyway, Dr. Gary Siegel calls to my attention uh, that that Uber in Manhattan will be offering, maybe may already be offering, Uber Copter helicopter service from Lower Manhattan to JFK in eight minutes. A five seat helicopter, a two dollar one way charge. Tipping is not allowed. This is all from uh, CNN. Available only to Diamond and Platinum customers. Uber copter. Would would you take Uber copter? Well, first, I, I'm ho- hopefully envisioning that much like when you order an an Uber and it shows you where the car is and it says it's five minutes away when it's really fifteen, and then it shows you like the car circling and stuff. Um, I hope they have that same feature for the copter, so they can tell you how far away the copter is. And, and I should point out that the, the the article points out that these are not operated by Uber, so you don't just have a random guy. Trying to make driving his own copter. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be that'd be a great a great thing. A guy with his own copter um, bringing you. I don't think I would. I've never. I've I've been on a military. The alternative is, is two hours to JFK right. at, at rush right. hour. But. I and um yeah I I we'll we'll see how that I goes. Flew, There's, I was on a helicopters in Greenland, like Sikorsky Vietnam era helicopters. Um, Not my favorite mode of transportation. Right. Right. Well. Somebody had sent us on um, on Twitter, um, again, at Ball and Chain Pod. It just said Uber Confessions, and, and they reposted um, something that already has six and a half million views. And it's this person who wrote, my Uber driver's steering wheel came off. And there is video of this woman trying to get her steering wheel back on so she can... <laughs> drive this guy in her uber anyway i will repost this i I don't i don't know how to describe it i will post it so that people can see this video Is it like formula one where they detach the steering wheel this thing is detached it's not supposed to be clearly but it is i wonder if she stayed in the car i'm guessing not shall we get to viewer mail yes that's a good entree let's get into viewer mail Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. All right, this first uh, viewer mail comes from Sarah. She writes, hi, Rebecca and Steve. I'm curious how you respond when you meet someone who has never heard of the WNBA. Or maybe this hasn't happened to you. Every once in a while, I'll meet someone who hasn't heard of the WNBA and I'm never quite sure how to respond. This is the most extreme example, writes Sarah. I was wearing a Tierra McCowan t-shirt that said, Queen of the Paint photo below. There is not a photo. I uh, regret to say it's the image didn't come through. In my local farmer's market, 
At one stall, the proprietor, a woman in her 50s, asked what my shirt was about, and I explained it's a basketball reference and Tierra McCown is a player for the Indiana Fever. I wasn't surprised when I had to explain who the Indiana Fever are, this being upstate New York, but was sort of shocked that the woman had never heard of the WNBA. I explained it's pro basketball, the NBA, but women. And she looked at me puzzled. We discussed a little bit more about why I'm a Fever fan. I grew up in Indiana. And as I answered her questions, I got the impression she thought the WNBA was some kind of a rec league. She asked me if I had played for them. Nope, I'm 5'6 and not athletic at all. Or worked for the Fever. No. I think we both left this conversation perplexed. <laughs> now, I think this woman isn't a basketball fan or a fan of sports in general, so I guess the WNBA has never crossed her radar. But what do you suggest I do in these situations? Have you ever been in a situation like this? Your poster hung in my childhood bedroom. Love the show. Sarah, I assume she's referring to my poster. <laughs> I'm certainly hoping so. And uh, But Rebecca, I don't she'd know probably that... also be interested in what you, what you, if you've ever had this experience or certainly you've been in a uh, position to have to explain to sure. people who don't know what's going on. What I don't know how often I've run into people who've not heard of the WNBA. And I think one of the things reasons would be that if somebody's talking to me, generally um, it's because maybe they've already recognized me or my height is a giveaway to that I, was, I played basketball. However, if I'm talking to somebody... I, I don't assume that they know a lot of things about the WNBA. Like when I was talking to the guy on the plane who asked me if I was going to Vegas to gamble, and I said, no, I was going for the WNBA All-Star Game. I said to him, um, the WNBA plays in the summertime from June through October. This is the midway point. Their All-Star Game is now, um, you know, I'll, I'll offer more information, assuming the people aren't really aware of what's happening in the WNBA, but most people have a, a, at least a bit of an idea. They know a handful of players. They know, um, it, although this guy did ask me, this guy who has lost millions of dollars playing ba- Baccarat, he did ask me, you know, are their salaries comparable to the NBA? And I started laughing and I said, no. And kind Well, of they are comparable. The, you can compare them. Right, you can compare them. Right, right. So anyway, it was, it's, I, I usually assume people know less and try to explain things to, in a, in a, broader way than I would if I know somebody's a fan of the sport. And in, in, in a roundabout way, that was how you and I got married. <laughs> in a roundabout way, exactly. Mary writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I loved your vacation slides on the recent podcast. When I saw Steve's tweet about attending the Paul McCartney concert, I was hoping for a recap and it didn't disappoint. I'm sure your girls will remember that experience because one of my favorite childhood memories is the night my mother took my older sister and me to see the Beatles at Bush Stadium in St. Louis in 1966. It was the first year of Bush Stadium. Only nine years old at the time, I remember the screaming more than the music, but I've always been grateful to my mother that I can say, I saw the Beatles, which is exactly what I wanted our daughters to be able to say. Right, exactly. So they, they remember the music, they know the music, yep. and there was probably less screaming than there was in 1966. Not only do I like that you provide my word of the day, I like that as this person, as you're reading this viewer mail, you can throw in your own aside of Oh, the first year of Bush Stadium. I think, how I think ju- it was. How do you just I mean, know that that was the first year I, of Bush Stadium? I don't know Stadium. for sure, but if I'll look it up. And, and I couldn't even give you a decade, the first decade of Bush Stadium. So I don't know. I find that so impressive. Keep yes, going. But, but, <laughs> but you're not very well read. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, you are very well read. I, I just have spent a lot less time in baseball stadiums than you. That part is very true. Go ahead. Looking forward to Nights in White Castle as my end of summer read. With thanks for taking the time to do the podcast, Mary. She's a, she's a long-time uh, uh, avid women's college basketball fan. And uh, 
etc. Anyway, she grew up in Decatur, Illinois. Thank you, Mary. Rebecca and Steve writes, Kathy, a fan of all things Lobo and Russian. She writes. Nice. Signs her name that way. I, I assume on legal documents and other things as well, not just when she's writing to us. Rebecca and Steve writes, Kathy, in a follow-up to this week's podcast, please see the attached conference call bingo. Many listeners will recognize these from their work and even volunteer calls. She sent the conference call bingo? She sent attached on a whiteboard, which is perfect for a conference call, a conference call bingo card. All right. I'm, that's I will forward that to I, you and you can post it. I will it. post that. I'm Would you not like sure to hear which, some of the, the squares? I'll either post it on our Twitter or Instagram, wherever it fits better. Hi, who just joined? That's a square. I have a hard stop at blank. Child or animal noises. Always a good one. Mm-hmm. Loud, painful echo feedback. Can we take this offline? You'll that's recognize a lot of these. Favorites, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good one. Sorry, didn't catch that. Can you repeat? And for over talkers, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, yes. So we'll have to post this. Conference call bingo. I like it. And with a little help from the Google, um, Bush Memorial Stadium. Built 1964 to 1966. Opened May 12th, 1966. It's since been like redone, right? It's since been torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. As an entirely different stadium. The piece de resistance, Kathy added, for me is let me give you back X minutes when a conference call ends early. You've you've mentioned this, Rebecca. Yes. The convener is not giving me back time. They're just not using all that was allocated. Drives me nuts. Yes. Which, uh, that phrase, should we tell the joke that uh, is our son's favorite? I think we should definitely, you should definitely tell that joke. Okay, yeah. I should definitely tell the joke. My son loves this one. He's 10. A pirate walks into a bar with a ship's steering wheel hanging from his... Waist. Waist. The bartender says, what is that doing there? And the pirate says, I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Our son loves that joke. I have to say, if there's a joke that our son's going to really enjoy, at least it's one that also makes me laugh. <laughs> there, there's so many that they, they've enjoyed lately. I think perhaps my favorite from a Dude Perfect video is, we gave my dad the new refrigerator for Father's Day. You should have seen his face light up when he opened it. <laughs> there you go. It's a nice one, too. It's a nice one. Dear Rebecca and Steve writes Dr. Gary Siegel. Have you taught your son and perhaps any of the girls to read a baseball box score in addition to keeping score? I have gone over the rudimentary uh, aspects of the box score with with our son and perhaps one of the girls. But the problem is you have to summon them on, you know, the MLB at bat app. We don't spread out the the sports section, the physical sports section across the kitchen table like we did when I was a kid. And while my dad would go over the the stock, the Dow Jones stock listings, I would go over the box scores and feel like we were doing things of, of equal value when, in fact, I know now that what I was doing was more important. Much more important. I absolutely loved Rebecca's tweet, writes Dr. Siegel, regarding the conversation between the 10-year-old and the 14-year-old that led to, of course, a headlock. Can you explain that? I think I talked about this last week. Oh, this did you? Was, this was when our son said to our daughter, I'm going to be taller than you someday. And our 14-year-old said but you're not taller than me this day, and then put him in a headlock. This is while we were waiting in line at Disneyland for one of That's the rides. Right. <laughs> Lastly, writes Dr. Siegel, after Sam Farmer was a guest in basement, I followed him on Twitter. He's a riot. There you go. He's, uh, I believe he's at L.A. Times Farmer. He wasn't actually physically in basement. He was uh, 
virtually in basement, virtually. FaceTiming us right. in our basement. Felt like he was in basement. We should, um, when, when we start having more guests, and I know that's completely on, on me, we should just for our own pleasure make them wear one of those blue screen suits. <laughs> Even for though sure. this is an audio Even though we're just deal. phoning in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's only on you because you you have friends and know people. Exactly. And I have neither. Hi, Rebecca and Steve writes, Hannah, our first, and I think this week's only palindromic correspondent. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I'm definitely in the same generation as your kids as I grew up with portable TVs and iPhones on road trips. But for the past few years, my mom has insisted that my brother and I pick a few podcasts that we can listen to as a family to stay somewhat engaged on the drives. It does make things more interesting. On our On our road trip to California last week, the kids were often looking at a device rather than at the rolling Pacific this frothing surf that was just outside the window, and it irritated me just a tad, I must mm-hmm. say. Right. Yeah. Also, I thought of your son the other day as I was watching the Red Sox-Yankees game in which the Red Sox were crushing the Yankees, woohoo! but there has been a whole bunch of players switched in and out of the game to rest certain players, and I believe this was the 19-3 to game, and, and the announcer said, for anyone scoring this game at home, stop. It's not worth it anymore. <laughs> that was the truth. Finally, while starting to pack up my room to move to college, I came across an old ESPN magazine from 2016 that had Rebecca on it. It appears to be the WNBA 20 issue where they had legends past and present in it. Pretty cool. That was the big gatefold cover. Yeah. And uh, it was a cool cover. Very cool. Do you remember um, that? It was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, actually, I would hope so. Otherwise, we'd have to uh, <laughs> have me tested. There's a couple people um, at the WNBA All-Star Game who had those magazines to sign. Um, I'm just, this is where I'm going to interject quickly that John, with no H, sent me... 20 nets he sent me 18 cloth cotton nets and two chain nets so that um, when we're driving around and find a hoop that has no net on it um, whether it's in a park which is what you and I are going to do or he sent us we talked about last week how he left a net for someone who just didn't have one on their hoop in their own driveway but John with no H uh, in Essex Connecticut thank you so much for that always makes me think of the um Sarah spelled without an H was getting bored on a PV amp in 1984. Zach and Sarah, the um, Ben Folds 5 song. Mm-hmm. Zach without an H. So Z-A-C and S-A-R-A. Why am I saying this? I don't know. I Last don't know. viewer mail. My dearest Restiva writes, Kurt. Kurt is our uh, sciences emails with holistic cable massage and photon wrangling, by the way. He's in Oregon. My dearest Restiva, I enjoyed the podcast on your trip to California. Something that might help get kids to look out the car windows instead of at their devices, teach them to look for motorcycles and bicycles in the same way we used to look for punch bugs. This will help them as they become drivers to be more aware of these small vehicles. You, you had punch buggy yes. as a kid. Yep. We, we played had. slug bug. Yeah, ours was punch buggy. Same thing, but punch buggy I'd, I'd never heard of. I don't know that I'd heard of slug bug, but I slug can bug, obviously you, figure you out what it is. See meant. a Volkswagen Beetle you slug, and you, you punch somebody in the bicep as hard as right. you can. Is that the way you played it? Yes, but we would just say punch buggy and you'd then hit them. P.S. As a resident photon wrangler, writes Kurt, I feel I should explain the phrase. I splice and test fiber optic cables. Light is made of photons, so much like custodial engineers, I made my own title. In the past, I was a petrokineticist. I pumped gas. <laughs> I'm more confused um, about what he does than before he explained it, but um, fascinating nonetheless. By the way, he says in his email, during the appearances and upcoming events segment of the podcast, I got very excited. I didn't know we had that that segment, but Kurt got very excited when Steve mentioned he was headed to Portland, possibly to have lunch with a Denny with one N. By the way, he writes, which N 
Is it? So I think he, he eliminated the Portland, first end. But you said I Brooklyn. I always actually went to Brooklyn. Right. Brooklyn, New York. Uh, not Portland, Oregon. I would, as much as I love Denny, Port, and as much as I love Portland, I would not fly to Portland to have lunch with Denny. Right. Um, unfortunately, I was able to surmise it wasn't my Portland he was headed to. For those of us who've never seen 60 Minutes Immediately Following Football, as Pat Summerall, Summerall always used to remind us, more information on which Portland you're visiting might be nice. Well, the Portland I was visiting is the one um, connected to Queens <laughs> in New York. Yep. It was Brooklyn. But thank you, Kurt, our resident uh, photon wrangler. You have anything else, Rebecca? Nothing else. That's it. That's it. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.